that's what we call ourselves. The humans who somehow grab a spark of magical power and learn to channel it. Some make a deal with a bored pixie, or they find some ancient artifact. For most of us, it's just running around in our veins, waiting to wake up. It's rarely pretty. You go to school as a regular kid, then suddenly you're shooting fire from your hands in the cafeteria. It's a shock for all parties involved. You torch the lunch lady, you turn your best friend into a goose, and next thing you know, the police are calling, and uh, anyway, without warning, you're part of a world that you never knew existed. Sounds like a lark, yeah? All Hogwarts and lightning thieves. The truth ain't so glamorous, friends. There's no train to whisk you away to magic school. It's just you and your power, screaming to get out. Ever told your dad that the family car has turned into a winged horse that can sing the entire Statler's Brothers catalogue? Ever have to tell a teacher that a pixie used your homework as a fire starter? Or tell a cop that a vampire is after you? Bet you that'll go just peachy. When Eris and I first met, we didn't talk much about her past. But I gathered that her home life was no picnic. I guess it was the usual story. Powers appear, parents freak out, doctors show up, you get an old priest and a young priest, rinse and repeat. I was one of the lucky ones. My mum knew what was going on when paper dolls began to dance across the kitchen table. She sat me down and helped me understand what I was going through. Gave me the old magical birds and bees talk. You fine folks have seen what the results of that are. I respected her choice not to tell. But ever since Sycorax woke up, Paris has been less of an outsider, just on the occasional case. More in the thick of it than ever. I'm having one of those dreams. Shade, you have to stop. It's one please. of those dreams where you're just floating on the surface of sleep, and you dream that you're in bed, trying to wake up. I don't know, maybe I'm actually awake. My entire body is radiating heat. Shapes are forming and dissolving around the bed. Somewhere, I can hear Eris. No, get back. I I'm sorry. I don't know why she's so angry. Eris, wake up. There's something in the room with us. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So sorry. I'm so sorry. Eris, we need to wake up. Something lightning fast swipes at me out of the darkness. There's a shape at the foot of the bed. A huge panther made of smoke and shadow. Green eyes peer out of its darkness. I should be terrified, but something in me recognizes the figure. Shade? No touch. Shade, it's me. Valentine. Valentine? Am I dreaming? I was going to ask you the same thing. Shade is Eris's sister. She exists as a shadow. Usually, Eris is the only one who can talk to her. We met recently on her home plane while trying to defeat a giant snake. It's a long story. Valentine. Eris is frightened. Frightened? Of what? Everyone. No one? There are monsters in her dreams. I won't look at them. She doesn't like me to. But when her dreams turn dark, I keep watch. You're looking pretty scary yourself. This shape is... necessary. I will protect her from anyone who would hurt her. Hurt us. 
She's only dreaming, Shade. Nothing can hurt her. Even as I said those words, I knew they were hollow. You haven't seen her dreams, Valentine. You don't know what's in there. Why don't you stand down and get some rest? I can protect her. Go on now, out of my dream. I'll summon some abyssal magic and put rainbow nail caps on your paws. I shouldn't. There are rules. What rules, Shade? The rules. Eris's rules. How our magic is supposed to operate. It is my job to protect. I see. Well, thanks for not using me as a scratching post. Valentine? Yeah? Why are there little blue phone booths on your boxers? I'm British. It's legally required. You know what? Never mind. I'll give you rainbow-colored nail caps and an inflatable unicorn horn if you don't go. Now, let me wake her up. Nail caps? An inflatable unicorn horn? Just look up stupid cat outfits on the internet. First two results. Valentine, who are you talking to? I I was... dreaming. I think. Go back to sleep, love. I'm gonna try and get a few more hours. Sweet dreams? Here's hoping. What you making? Eggs. How you making them? Uh, egg style, sliced tomatoes, and bagels, breakfast of champions, and degenerates who show up at Takeaway Gourmet to purchase the bagels before the champions got there. Poor champions, running to get there only to find they can't pick up a bag of their one-with-everything bagels. Not my fault their shoes mysteriously tied themselves together. Of course not. I was going to enchant the remaining bagels so they'd beg for their lives, but I figured that might be a little too weird for your average cathedral village resident. Plus, I'm sure the Queen City Supernaturals will come asking why you granted life to a baked good again. Alas, poor Braveheart, he was delicious. I'll just talk my way out and have Jackie clean up the mess. Valentine... Sorry, nearly getting shredded by your sister in my dreams has my sense of humor running a little dry. Uh, you dreamed about Shade? Yeah. Or she dreamed about me? We dreamed each other? I don't know for sure, but she was on alert. For what? Monsters. Ones in your dreams. Sometimes she has trouble telling the difference between real threats and nightmares. Say, speaking of nightmares, what are you doing tomorrow evening? Unusual segue, but I plan on having a nip, watching some TV, checking my place for bugs and traps. You know, like most nights. What? Wait, bugs and traps? When Zero Day gets bored, he... does stuff. One time he made a device called the Reorienter. Everything fell onto the ceiling and stayed there for days. Oh, 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 sorry, but in my defense, you have to admit, that's freaking hilarious. Uh, Okay, maybe not so much when you're living through it? Uh, Um, seriously though, what a jerk that Zero is, am I right? 
High five? Uh, <coughs> anyway. Back to the subject at hand. How about you skip the security check and come for dinner at my parents' place? Nothing gonna hit the ceiling there. I hope. Parents? Wait, your parents invited us to dinner? Yep. They've been dying to meet you. You told them about me. This is news. I, I, I've been back in the Queen City for a while. I figured it was time to reach out better than bumping into them on the street somewhere. You never told me much about your parents. You said you ran away when you were young. Uh, yeah, uh, they had me in a room at the General, doped up on Halidol and barely able to speak. Uh, Shade helped me escape. So you want me to sit down and make small talk with the people who had you committed? That was, that was a long time ago. They're, they're older now. Who knows? Maybe they've changed. Maybe they'll just be happy to see me again. I feel like if I don't establish some sort of connection with them now, it'll never happen. I'll try to be on my best behavior. That's all I ask, and uh, maybe you could stop at the barber today? My facial hair is an expression of my individuality and my commitment to personal freedom. It's an expression of something. I... Alright. For you. I'll pop in and get myself cleaned up. That's my man. Maybe I'll borrow Razor's old eye patch too. Give myself a bit of pirate flair. Not if you want to sleep over again in the next ever. Steep price. Think I'll pass on it then. I'm gonna grab a smoke outside. Be back in a few. Something isn't sitting right with all this. First Shade pops up in my dream. Then Eris announces that she's spoken with her parents. You don't run away from your family, change your name, and then agree to dinner out of the blue. Normally I'd put it down to plain old growth and change, but sharing a dream space with Shade? That feels like magic. Maybe Invasory has some insight on this. Oi, Invasory. Invasory, are you there? Hello. You have reached the mailbox of... Emphasri, guardian of the abyss, possessor of minds, prisoner of... What? How much time does this thing give? Please leave your message after the tone. B. Uh, Emphasri? This is... Valentine? I mean, obviously, it's... Valentine, who else is going to call? Wait, do other people have your number? How did you get a phone in my mind anyway? Hold on a second. Where are you? Me. We're sorry. The mailbox is full. Wait, what? Goodbye. No help on that front. Looks like whatever monsters may be waiting for us over dinner with Eris's family, we'll be facing them alone. The next evening, we head over to Eris's parents. 
Turns out the house is in Lakeview, so we just walk over. It's one of those perfect summer evenings, all golden light and not a breath of wind. The parents' house is a good-sized red brick home with white pillars and fresh flowers on the steps. It's so perfect that I almost expect to see a pie cooling on the windowsill. The only thing ruining the perfect presentation are the empty overgrown lots on either side. Quaint. Has a real abandon all hope ye who enter feeling. Shush. Yeah, you know, if you aren't ready, we can walk. Say the word, we're out of here. I don't need you to protect me from my family, Valentine, and considering you're... <sighs> oh, God. I'm sorry, Finn. I I just... I'm, I'm a little stressed. Don't worry about it, love. But you're treating us for pizza tonight if I get us thrown out. <laughs> Deal. She smiles a genuine smile for a second, and that's when I know how hard all of this is for her. I study her face whenever I think I can get away with it. I almost can't help myself. Looking at her now as reality washes over her again. She reminds me of a small, scared child reaching out, taking one last chance, desperate for a different result, but knowing she's going to pay the price for her efforts. Finn? Yeah? Thank you for not pushing for details I wasn't ready to offer. I know when I came in, I was pretty walled off. I'm I'm trying to get better. I'm with you for who you are now, not who you once were. Besides, I think Thread has been writing fanfiction about us. I'd rather not ruin that for her. Wait, what? You should read her 37-chapter opus, How to Lose a Vampire in 10 Days. I don't want to ask what the title of our story is. You really don't. That's weird. What? What's weird? There's no magic. Anywhere. Um, are you working a case right now? No, it's just curious. Every place has traces of magic. It's something a house picks up after a while. Your parents' place feels like a blank spot. I only saw that once before. My, my mom's a, a neat freak. Maybe she literally scrubbed it clean. I should, I should tell you something. Uh, my parents might slip up and call me by my old name. They don't mean anything by it. They're just old-fashioned. I don't even know your old name. Never even thought to ask. Tracy! Hi, Dad. I don't know what I was expecting Eris's father to look like, but it wasn't this. He looks like a 50s sitcom dad, complete with sweater, necktie, even a pipe. For a second, I could swear he was black and white. Tracy, nice to see you, my girl. Come in, your mother's in the kitchen. Cyrus, this is your dad. Nice to meet you, Mr... Tracy said her guy had a real individual sense of style. What's with the red jackets? I thought it was Halloween for a second when I opened the door. Sorry, where are my manners? You can call me Gary. Call me Valentine. The jacket happens to be a good friend of mine. Jackets. A grown man's security blanket, eh? <laughs> it's like one of those superhero movie outfits. A little bit, yeah. 
Never liked those movies. They always gave Tracy ideas about being some kind of magical hero. Got her into a lot of trouble as a kid. You can always call her Eris, Gary. You know, since it's her name and all. Uh, uh, don't worry about it, Finn. Let's, let's go see Mom. Yeah. Come on in. If I ever had to ask where Eris got her thing for interior decorating, thank Anne it wasn't her parents. The place looks like 1955 came to life. Real, see the USA in your Chevrolet energy. Eris's mom is in the kitchen, pulling a roast out of the oven and making gravy. She's dolled up in a frilly dress and apron, whistling as she pours drippings into a china gravy boat. Who uses gravy boats anymore? Tracy! Oh, I'm sorry, Eris. It's so nice to see you. And this is Finn? Yes, it is. Very nice to meet you too, Mrs... Oh, call me Betty. Betty it is. Can I help with anything? You certainly can. Take this roast into the dining room. Eris will help set the table. You're scoring some major points with my mom. Mothers are my specialty. Heard it as soon as I said it. Let's just forget I said that. Yes, let's. I have to say, this isn't what I expected. Really? What, what did you think you were going to find? Some dark nightmare prison? It's just... Your parents don't exactly seem real. I beg your pardon? What? This... The whole thing, the house, the clothes, the fact that I can't pick up a trace of magic. It feels like we've walked onto the set of a sitcom and now we're part of it. I'm almost expecting a laugh track. Believe me, there weren't many laughs when I was a kid, but now that I'm back, it seems perfect. That's kind of the point, isn't it? Nothing's perfect, especially not this place. It feels a little uncanny valley-like. Valentine, I know you're practically allergic to domestic bliss, but I want... I need to make this work. So please, just sit with me and have dinner with my parents. Okay. But let's see what Shade makes of this place. Shade? Yeah. Just... Ask Shade if this place doesn't give her the heebie-jeebies. Uh... This is weird. Shade isn't talking? Valentine. I don't know where she is. She's never gone. This is bad. We need to leave now. I'm sorry, Tracy. Did you say leave? Mom! Wow. You came out of nowhere. Your mother spent all day making dinner, Tracy. We really can't let you leave. I reach a careful hand into the abyss, calling my power to the ready. Nothing. I can't even reach the abyss, let alone summon its power. My threat level right now is at Labradoodle. I'm sorry, Finn. I keep a clean house. No dust, no dirt, and definitely no ants. Now, how about you have a nice, peaceful dinner with us? Bollocks. How did you do that? I told you. I keep a clean house. Let me guess. No magic allowed on the premises but yours, eh? 
magic. You really are a match for my daughter, aren't you? Now, you two sit down. Your food will get cold. Sorry, Mom. We really need to leave. Harris, thinking we don't have much of a choice. Okay, we'll, we'll have din dinner. We'll have dinner, but then we go. Of course, honey. Tell your boyfriend he can hang up his jacket. I'll keep it with me, thanks. Maybe in your home, you could wear anything you like at the dinner table. But here, there are rules. Now, go hang it up. Yes, ma'am. Eris, can you show me where the closet is? Yes, dear. Right this way. Until we figure out what's going on with Stock. You may be right. My parents were in full denial about magic all through my childhood. I, I don't know what's going on here. The house is warded. I'm completely cut off from the abyss. I can't even reach Invasory. What are we going to do about my parents? First, I'm going to have to figure out how to restore my power. We'll help them after we get our magic back. Right now, we're stuck playing their game. Dinner time! Finn, wait. You have to... Just promise you won't leave me alone here, okay? Without Shade, I... I feel so alone. Wouldn't dream of leaving without you. It's okay, Eris. We're okay. Just take a deep breath, darling. Oh, there you are! Eat, eat! I spent all day putting this meal together. I'm not all that hungry, Mom. She used to never eat, just hid in her room with her imaginary friend. Dad, <laughs> Valentine doesn't need to hear this. I don't mind. Gary, can you pass the chives? Here you go, son. Tracy had this imaginary friend who would go everywhere with her. She would try to get extra treats, pointing out her shadow and say, Shade wants a cookie. She used to pull all sorts of pranks and blame it on her shadow. Dad, please. It wasn't so cute when Tracy got older, though. You're not supposed to have imaginary friends when you go to high school. It's not healthy. Dad, please stop. Please. Remember that fight or whatever it was at the dance? A lot of kids ended up in the hospital. We were so mortified. Betty, could you pass the salt? Here you go, dear. After that, we pulled her out of school. For everyone's benefit. Benefit? That's an interesting word choice. It didn't benefit me. Don't talk to your mother like that, Tracy. Eris, pass the gravy, would you? Glad you're hungry. Here. Thanks. Valentine, what are you doing with your food? Are you drawing something in the gravy? Glad you asked. See, there's an old dirt witch spell that involves fat of the land, binding materials, and an herb of clarity. It's a little off the shelf, but when in Rome, just add a little flame and viola reveals the truth of anything the smoke touches. Smoke billows up from my plate, filling the room. Thick black ichor begins to pool from Eris's parents' mouths. Their bodies start to elongate. Eyes start to blacken as their hair becomes gaunt and stringy. Their bones crack and lengthen as their true bodies emerge. The clothes stain and wither to tatters, leaving putrid skin underneath. Two monsters, 
seven feet in length, stand across from us, wearing Eris's parents' faces. Oh boy. That was a cheap trick, son! Tracy, your boyfriend is such a disappointment. Sorry, we're not on the menu, Eris, run! I overturned my plate, sending a dense billow of smoke into the air. With the monsters briefly blinded, I grab Eris's hand and run from the room. Valentine, what? Front door, front door, front door! Great. No shade, no abyss, and now no doors. Come back here, you two. I made dessert. It's trifle. Oh, no. What now? She puts little pieces of fruit in her trifle. It's the grossest thing ever. That's what you'll... I'm sorry. I don't know what's wrong with me. I'm freaking out right now, and I have no idea why I would care about the fruit of the trifle. Finn, why do I care about the fruit? Whoa, love. Deep breath. We've got this. Never mind about the trifle. Look at me. We need to think. How about upstairs then? See if there's a way out. There's there's an attic with a window that leads onto the roof. Maybe it's still there. Right. Wait, my jacket. Holy snapping turtle farts. Are you for real right now? Your jacket? We're in a bit of a rush here, Finn. Is your jacket worth our lives? Trust me, this jacket has a thousand and one uses. I remove a set of green pixie-sized glasses from one of the jacket pockets. Eris gives me a look that's halfway between disbelief and pity. Wow. Never in too much of a rush to accessorize. Your sense of timing and fashion are questionable at best right now. A fuschiato. Breaking the glasses releases the enchantment in them. Temporarily puts this place one second out of time. Zero Day used this on me to win a bet. Twice. Gives us about five minutes before we sink back in with reality. What can we do in five minutes? We can figure out what's going on. Starting with why the hell's that knockoff dirt witch spell worked in the first place. It's a standard bit of natural magic. Pretty much anyone with a spark of magic can pull it off. Exactly. I said that there's no magic here. You couldn't talk to Shade, I couldn't call on the Abyss, I thought your parents were performing some high-level disenchantment, or had some massive ward against magical energies, but there was something wrong with that idea, something that didn't add up. So I gambled on that little charm, and lo and behold, magic. So, if there's no magic, but you can work a magic spell... Then it's not them, it's us. We've had the wall pulled over our eyes. There's magic, sure, but we can't quite see it. So, how do we get the wool off? That sounded weird. You need to tell me everything. There's no way I'll be able to beat what's out there without knowing the truth. Okay. Ugh, I feel sick. <sighs> the truth it is. You have been listening to The Graveyard Tapes, Going Home, Part 1. Written by Dustin Gray. Story editor, Aiden Morgan. Edited by Nikki Ewart and Angela Dumalag. Audio engineering by Robin of Psychonaudio. Produced by Brianna Jean Toyberg. With the voices of Chase Hunter as Valentine. Nikki Ewart as Eris and Invasri. Christine Byerly as Shade. Pam Torgrimson as The Operator. 
Lamar Harris as Gary, Casey James as Betty.